1: Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Comic Bureau Field Report. The Comic Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family. That is spelled B-L-E-A-V. I was not drunk and slurred the word Believe. It is Believe. And would I name a network that? No, but they do give us access to ads. So that'll be as much fun as I'm making fun of their network name. Um, enough of that, Michigas, uh, And on to this week's wonderful guest uh, a co-host and a writer and producer of uh, the rom burgundy podcast and a co-host of the true romance podcast please give it up for carolina barlow
2: hello thank you so much for having me
1: no problem thanks for joining us uh, at it's 11 a.m here in la i assume you're in new york
2: I'm actually in Los Angeles as well, so it is 11 a.m. for me as well. AKA, uh, roughly when I wake up during the pandemic.
1: Oh, wow. I Well, that leads me into my first question. How has how's pan, the pandemic been? How has quarantine been? Waking up at 11? p.m. Pandy,
2: you know? yeah. Pandy, I mean, that's a new one. The Pandy has been a, a ride of a lifetime. I mean, I always want to say it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be anywhere. It's right. an honor to be, have human interaction, even via Zoom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we were discussing we share the experience of having been dumped during a pandemic, which mm-hmm. is a it's it's rare. But it hap- I mean, it's rare and it's not. I have saw right. a lot of celebrity couples break up during the pandemic. I'm right. um, sure I'll throw us into that group. Why yeah. not? And we have uh, a
1: podca- We have multiple podcasts. So between yeah, us, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I think I'm going to allow myself in there um, with Army Hammer and his wife. And
1: you didn't eat anybody, did you?
2: Whatever, it happens.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So funny. I mean, I can't even uh, put my hands in that sticky sauce. But yes, I both was going through a pandemic being single for the first time in a few years. And um, it was a lot, felt like a, that Brie Larson movie, Room. Right. I don't know if uh, I, you I, remember I do that.
1: Know, I, I remember, it was a very affecting movie.
2: Yeah, so she sort of like walked in a room and just doing her exercises, taking her vitamins, watching her TV, and right. that was sort of my schedule as well. Right. Um, yeah, so I think I have a similar experience to most people in that it was isolating. I'm learning how to socialize again. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm just very grateful for my two shots of Moderna, even though I am hearing about people getting sick who are vaccinated.
1: Yes. I, uh, also just ended up with the Montana brand, but I, you know, like being out in the live comedy world, I just caught wind of like, and I'm not surprised because so many comedians, as you well know, are stupid. And uh, one of Toxic, them. Toxic,
2: stupid, yeah. uh, alcoholic, whatever you want to call them.
1: Right. They rebrand that as cool, but it's <laughs> it is what that relevant. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why mental health is important. Everybody. <laughs> um, they. They have been one of those people that have been hitting open mics really hard, and they right. they were vaccinated with Pfizer, and they um they got they felt like they got some seasonal allergies, and then they got tested,
2: mm-hmm. and, sure, and
1: yeah, and tested positive, and they were at a Fourth of July party. That a bunch yep, of people why were not? At. Yeah, and they're and you know so a lot of people tested negative, but there was a good amount of people that tested positive, and it's like. That's where I want to heckle people who say the pandemic is over and they're set.
2: I know. I know. Well, I want to heckle people in general who um, exhibit stupid behavior. And um, I mean, I also come from that, I would say, rare group of people where I'm kind of a recluse naturally. So, for instance, not going to a Fourth of July party. I hate fireworks. I was wearing noise canceling headphones the whole night. And that doesn't feel like a sacrifice to me. (laughs) So I was kind of like, shit, uh, what what's what's the need? It's sort of like how in the first few months of the pandemic, there were people who were like, so I did take the risk. I had to go out for brunch and I was careful. But I did it. I was very conscious. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Was that like as necessary as going to the hospital or something like why? Why are you so emphatic that you just like definitely need to go to brunch and just weigh the consequences? Right. But I mean, as I told you, most people just don't know how to behave.
1: Most people don't know how to behave. And this is you know, in a weird way, it's kind of amazing how much the human mind can rationalize something. Oh yeah, like the just the the priority of brunch in your life, where you know it outweighs. like, You know, you can you can actually read whatever you want into what the numbers are, what like, and well, I'm 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 fine. I'm fully vaxxed, and like, it, it's not over. I mean, you know, L A just had like a third day of a thousand cases, but whatever. <laughs> right yeah
2: not me i think it's a very american thing too my friend who lives in china was talking about how her being an expat she just assumes that things wouldn't affect her you know when not really think about how little has affected us as americans you know right uh, no one's invaded us uh we don't have to worry about drones right. so we are all assuming that just this huge uncontrollable right highlight that (laughs) global (laughs) pandemic wasn't going to touch us is actually kind of wild um but as jared kushner said it was going to be gone by april so (laughs) and as nikki haley said jared kushner is a secret genius so i just i am flabbergasted that that turned out not to be true
1: yeah yeah, same. I will admit probably for the first two weeks, like I didn't know a timeline of it, but I didn't want it to be long because of meant-
2: course. No, we all assumed that like there were people in charge who were going to get it under control. I mean, think about the Ebola virus. Right. So Ronald Klein, who's Biden's chief of staff, was the head of the Ebola virus task force. Right. And um, when you think about how scary that could have been if people weren't in charge, like it's don't get me wrong. Having a respiratory illness where you need to be intubated is like in- terrifying. Right. Having a flesh-eating virus is um, unfathomable.
1: Right. My roommate did this great favor for me where she showed this DVD extra from Contagion, the movie. Yes. Like I think the second week of lockdown, and I'm like, why are you doing this to me? To this? <laughs>
2: why do I? <laughs> why <laughs> My... now?
1: Well yeah, you know, uh, shouldn't
2: you be re-watching like reruns of lost? Like <laughs> that is not the pandemic escapism movie no. to watch.
1: No, 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 not at all. But it it uh part of it, it was just like this sort of animated short that shows like what happens if a pandemic strikes, yeah, and how um it's actually potentially worse if the virus isn't as deadly as say Ebola, because people mm. think it's like not a big deal and right. also also a virus that's more deadly like kills quicker and often doesn't it stops because it just kills and doesn't go further yeah. you know what I mean versus like COVID where you know some people just get bad effects from it or maybe they don't get that bad effects from it and you know that's where people are just like you know my, that's really my, interesting yeah yeah and uh I, I watched that and I remember the first live stream comedy show I watched on uh, Instagram live. It, was uh, big... it wasn't it
2: was that kind of tragic. When you look back, you're like, Oh, I got to catch this show and having no idea that we had a whole year of them.
1: Yeah. But it was the, fr- it was this big benefit for ground game LA and, mm-hmm. and Adam Conover goes up, I think like eight people in and he doesn't even do a set. He's just like, I talked to somebody from like Harvard or Yale and for like a medical expert, and they say if everything goes right, if everything goes right, best case scenario, year and a half. Yeah, and, like, and I was like, no, what? No, and the and he just left after that. He like turned off Instagram, and the hosts were like, um, uh... "Yeah, we don't." What was that?
2: <laughs> well, there was, you know, I was doing. Uh, I had a to do list to do mm-hmm. every single day that I thought was going to keep my days organized. And the to do list uh, did. It was specific things like drink water, right. get dressed, right. uh, work out for 30 minutes. Just uh, again, my sort of Brie Larson room uh, right. schedule. And then, you know, like November hits. Mm. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I, nothing is going to change. My schedule starts like really getting lazy. Uh and it was only really when we got the vaccine that i thought okay maybe um i can act as though the world is going to open up again but yeah i mean we were due for a pandemic which nobody knew Mm -hmm. and oh obama did (laughs) obama did yes and he put on his first page of um his brief for the trump administration which i think went right in the trash but also i remember reading a book by even though he's so annoying jonathan saffron foer called eating animals and it's all basically about how we should all be vegan um even though my eating disorder therapist says she doesn't know one healthy vegan so i'm i'm good with mostly vegetarian in any case he talks about the animal trade system i mean it's it's less a argument for veganism and more an argument against factory farming sort of like okja right and uh he one of his arguments is that the factory farm industry is so terrible it's going to produce our next pandemic right and he basically explained that we have to have a pandemic every 50 years or so and that we were due like we were like a hundred years late or something right and i remember telling will Farrell that one day like he was just getting his makeup done and i was like by the he was talking about how crazy the news was and i just threw it out there i was like by the way i think we're supposed to have a pandemic soon <laughs> like i think from what i read from someone who is kind of annoying and right. is like a bougie you know writer i think that this is something that's going to come up right but yeah i heard the same things from like people who are much smarter than me they were like by the way two years and I was like, what? God, do I freeze my eggs? Like, what am I going to do over two right. years? How,
1: how do you even do that? Do you have to do a contactless? Like, exactly. Ridiculous? Like, yeah. what
2: the fuck? Um, sorry for swearing. Uh, it's
1: OK. That, it's, all, it's all game here. OK. Yeah. I um, mean, even though it's comedy, comedy news, uh, yeah, they're swearing. Because <laughs> there are things that are ridiculous.
2: There are things that are ridiculous, like how to freeze your eggs during a pandemic
1: or a Cobra Kai getting nominated for a comedy Emmy. What is that about?
2: I don't understand the awards. I mean, I thought we were done with Emily in Paris after the uproar for the Golden Globes. I thought that right. we had learned our lesson. And yet, right. I'm so when, sorry, Abeli and Pelly as they Amelie wanted us and to Paris, I it. haven't
1: watched it. Is that how they intro the show? Is-
2: so no, but they were, the, the creator sort of came out being like, actually, you guys, we wanted it to rhyme. And mm-hmm. so it is Amelie in Paris. And, right. um, I was like, okay, I'm still going to not watch it because she is dressed like a rich person's, um, small dog. But <laughs> yes. I mean, who wears a red beret? I literally, once I was in Paris with, um, for a work trip and I kept on arguing with, like my colleague, I was like, please wear a beret with me while we tour Paris. And he Uh was like, absolutely not. That is so embarrassing. And I was like, no, it'll be so funny, like a a little red handkerchief and a beret while you're walking through Paris, as if that's like what you think people dress like. But yeah, it's I mean, nominations are always tragic, but there were some cool ones like I love that Hacks got so many nominations. Right. I love that Journey Smollett got a nomination for Lovecraft uh, Country because That was so crazy that she hadn't
1: right um what i mean like should we should we run down like the major comedy emmy noms or do you just yeah
2: let's do it well okay okay,
1: blackish
2: oh yeah let's run through it
1: okay okay so the, the emmy nominations were just announced this morning here are the major categories because the emmys has way 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 too many categories
2: way too much
1: Yes. Um, so for comedy series, uh, Ted Lasso, Hacks, The Flight Attendant, The Kaminsky Method, Blackish, Pen Fifteen, Cobra Kai, and Emily in Paris. Comedy actress Kaylee Cuoco for The Flight Attendant, Allison Janney for Mom, Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish, Gene Smart for Hacks, AD uh, Bryant for Shrill. The best comedy actor, uh, Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method, Keenan Thompson for Keenan. William H. Macy for Shameless, Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, Variety Talk Series, Conan, Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series, Carl Clemens Hopkins for Hacks, Brett Goldstein for Ted Lasso, Brendan Hunt for Ted Lasso, Nick Muhammad for Ted Lasso, Jesus, uh, Paul Reiser, The Kaminsky Method, Jeremy Swift, Ted Lasso, all right, we get it already, Kenny Keenan Thompson, SNL, Bowen Yang for SNL. All right, there we go. uh, Supporting actress in a comedy series, Aidy Bryant for SNL. Hannah Einbinder, hell yeah, for Hacks.
2: Yeah.
1: Love Hannah. Kate McKinnon for SNL. Rosie Perez for The Flight Attendant. Cecily Strong for SNL. Juno Temple for Ted Lasso. Hannah Waddingham for Ted Lasso. Guest actress in a comedy series, Jane Adam for Hacks. Event Nicole Brown in A Black Lady Sketch Show. Bernadette Peters for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Issa Ray for a Black Lady Sketch Show, Maya R- Rudolph for SNL, Kristen Wigg for SNL.
2: And Kate Winslet from Air Town. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, my roommate would have loved that. because uh, she, she's um I like to say that my roommate Christine is more jersey than she is gay.
2: <laughs> they compete.
1: Oh, they yeah, but the jersey always comes through. <laughs> jersey wins. Uh, Variety Sketch Series is only a Black Lady Sketch Show in SNL, which is like, all right, guys, just put, I think you should leave them there, please. Uh, Variety please. Special Live includes Celebrating America Inauguration Night Special, which I'm assuming was Biden's inauguration, um, the 63rd Annual Grammarly Awards, the Oscars, the Pepsi Super Bowl um, uh, 655 halftime uh, show starring The Weekend. Stephen Colbert's Election Night 2020, Democracy's Last Stand, Building Back, America Great Again, Better 2020. And then pre recorded variety specials include Bob Burnham's Inside, David Burns' American Utopia, 846 by Dave Chappelle, Friends, The Reunion. Really? Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: yeah, enough with these reunion specials. They're capitalizing on your nostalgia. They're money everybody.
2: bags. They're money bags.
1: Yeah. Uh, Hamilton, uh, a West Wing special uh, to benefit when we all vote. Uh, animated program and this is the last category i'll read big mouth Bob's Burgers, jendy uh tartofsky's primal the simpsons south park the pandemic special oh, i'm sorry one more short form animated program love death and robots maggie simpson in the force awakens from its nap uh once upon a snowman and robot chicken that was wild all. yeah it is wild feelings what are what are what are, what are you thinking
2: There's a lot of good stuff nominated here. I um, am really glad that Hacks and Pen15 got nods.
1: Me Um, too. Uh, I really, really love Hacks. It is my stance that Hacks is probably the best representation, like fictional representation of stand-up comedy.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah. uh,
1: uh, Between TV and movies.
2: I just thought that it was a show about female ambition and... I have never seen, I'll also say I've never seen a millennial in comedy represented so well in terms yes. of ruthless ambition that is that sometimes unattractive, but nevertheless like comes from the heart. Yeah. And, um, so I thought, I mean, also, can we just Jean Smart, like mm. she, what a year she's had. I mean, she's truly it's hard not to watch her i just want to watch another show with her i've watched her in mayor i've watched her in hacks i just want one more
1: right one more ride with her i think we're gonna get another one outside of the next season of hacks too
2: i mean yeah definitely but i just i'm I'm, I'm a greedy 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 person and (laughs) i'm interested to see what's gonna win though like i i'm always ready to be disappointed by These right. things. Right. But I think Gene, if Gene doesn't win, like I'll honestly, you know, get my pitchfork ready.
1: Right. To go to the, I mean, we live in LA. So the TV yeah. Academy, we can actually go to the TV Academy. I'll get a
2: lift and I'll go to the TV Academy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get and, a lift. I'll wear a mask. I'll go to the right. TV Academy and I'll knock on their door with my pitchfork and be like, right. come on, you guys.
1: Right. And then have a sign. don't worry. I protested a bunch of other more. (laughs) Other stuff,
2: too. I know I'm not like one of those assholes who protested masks. Um, (laughs) I I'm ready to be disappointed. I'm also okay. This is something I feel like Mm -hmm. at this point, isn't the cast and like creators of Emily and Paley like embarrassed to show up (laughs) like I truly believe that it's like it would be embarrassing if I were the lead of Emily in Paris, which I am. i would be so like i'm not showing up anywhere like it was so incredibly embarrassing that i got nominated and like michaela cole got snubbed for i may destroy you (laughs) like i'm not going anywhere like i'm simply not right i'm just gonna say you're right my show is stupid i'm sorry it's taking up space and um (laughs) i'll donate all the money to uh you know paris dog rescues i don't know uh
1: yeah Yeah, whatever's happening you know they're finding more dead bodies in that miami collapse uh yeah
2: Yeah, exactly i have to say okay jessica walter got a posthumous emmy nomination which is so amazing
1: voiceover right
2: and i also want to say bowen yang got a nomination for snl which is so exciting because he is for sure one of the more exciting cast members on that show
1: yes i he, love everyone he, on that
2: show but he is someone like his titanic piece is to die yes. for
1: titanic piece him is the uh chinese like diplomat or whatever it is
2: right i i also though heidi gardner's uh the last dance extended scene mm-hmm. performance where she played a security guard who is um gambling oh. with michael jordan the last <laughs> right. dance is something right. that just as people say, lives in my head rent-free. I was literally thinking of lines about this before I logged on to my Zoom. (laughs) Like, my wife's not gonna like that. Like, that just plays in my head. Like, what do them kids call that, cheese? Like, I just think that all the time, I'm just living my life. I just haven't moved on from
1: that. I think it is, like, I haven't watched any of Cobra Kai, but why the hell is it nominated as a comedy? It's not a comedy, right?
2: i um to be completely honest fully don't understand uh where uh the karate kid saga would be um but yeah it it feels a little bit like john wick getting nominated for like isn't it just like a fun action series if if that's nominated shouldn't wandavision be nominated i just yeah as a comedy i don't understand
1: yeah Absolutely. it's action
2: it's an action thing i mean it's like or, a, but th- that's like the golden globes opened up this door where action gets nominated as comedy and so yeah,
1: because the martian won one year because the martian
2: com- won and like i don't know they thought that suddenly blockbusters don't get me wrong blockbuster comedies when they're done well deserve nominations but there was some blurring of the lines
1: right Um, you mentioned that you have this big take on uh, awards. Okay. Yes. I have an
2: idea for an awards show and I think it's really genius. And I'm just Uh waiting for people to take the initiative. So I'll start with the Oscars. Mm -hmm. I believe that there are multiple people who have been snubbed over the last whatever, uh, 200 years. Right. Um, I don't know how time works. I'm like what year is it um 1997 was 50 years ago I believe that there should be a new awards show Mm -hmm. where everyone um gets to where all the snubbed people so like Will Ferrell and Elf Um, Angelica Houston and the Royal Tannenbaums, everyone who deserves a nomination but did not receive one gets nominated. So you have a bunch of actors from various years who are nominated in the same categories and you just see basically who really was snubbed, who gets to come out on top. And I feel like everyone would watch, everyone would wanna see like who deserved it the most, um, who's been overlooked over the years. Right. Right. And it would be the ride of a lifetime.
1: Right. Do you and want to do like, this uh, March madness style or something like have a tournament?
2: Yeah. That's a great perspective to have. That's a great comparison. I think we could do it.
1: Yeah. That'd be very fun. That'd be very fun. Um, I I agree with that. Cause there are so many snubs and then, you know, it's only at the behest of these stupid rules that they they're in charge of. And honestly, if they change them, it's like, it's up to That's them. the
2: thing. It's not yeah. etched in stone. People no. like, it's sort of like the laws um in American society. Everyone's like, Well, that's the law. And it's like, yeah, bitch, you created that law. Like yeah. your like granddad did. So like I think we can play with it a little bit. Or when people are so obsessed with the constitution, I'm like, what are you talking about? People were shitting in the woods when this thing was written. Like, yeah, we can update it.
1: People were eating leather to survive yes when,
2: <laughs> yes they were doing yeah. like amputation with whiskey like come on we can do better than this yeah things absolutely. change it's a good it's a good thing
1: yeah other than or you know saying the law is the law that's why cosby is free
2: exactly i also love what seth rogan said and it was such a relief from the sort of uh tired cancel culture mm-hmm. uh moans which was he said like oh yeah like jokes age some jokes don't age well Mm -hmm. you know so i watched the 40 year old virgin the other night because it was on hbo max and i love it and steve Mm -hmm. carell again someone who i would totally nominate for my awards show for that movie but there's definitely some jokes where you're like oh come on i i know how you're gay like give me a break like i wouldn't Mm -hmm. let my kids watch this and just for that i would let them watch it for every other part but i think it's it's like refreshing to be like oh yeah this didn't age well right and that's it and that's it that's fine
1: absolutely
2: that's fine we've evolved we've progressed
1: yeah there's a great interview with paul f tompkins where the, he, speci- he specifically asked about pc culture when we used to uh, what we used to call it uh in comedy and he comments that um you know, as an artist, it's important to be, you know, uh, with the times expressing your art through the times. And, mm-hmm. uh, so to ignore that would be just being, putting your head in the mud. Totally. Like,
2: it's, uh, spiritually akin to like being like, what about when we were in college, man, and we could drink like this. It's like right. grow up.
1: Right. When I hear premises, whether it's stand up or it's in a movie or whatever, when somebody says just like, I remember when or back in the day, like, all right, check yourself. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my sister went
2: on a date um, with this guy from uh, Bumble the other night uh, Uh and his you know, they answer questions in uh, Bumble profile and he's black and one of the questions was like where would you travel if you were going to travel through time and he was like nowhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) which i loved he was like why would i want to go back in time right so yeah it's kind of this really limited vision that thinks that the good old days are even a thing like even the 90s were something to envy but um i don't know
1: i think I mean, there was there an op-ed, I think it was written in Variety, about, like, your favorite shows aren't nominated because, you know, there has to be... Um, there's a submission window for the Emmys or any awards show. And so, uh, definitely, I think You Should Leave is not in there, but, like, What We Do in the Shadows isn't in there. Yeah. Which is, to for my money, like, the funniest comedy that was, like, aired in the last year.
2: Yeah. I yeah. think that show is brilliant. And... Mm-hmm. um I also okay, I will say this though. I am really glad Shits Creek is like over with the award season. <laughs> Even though Dan Levy was nominated for SNL, right. I'm just like, I'm over it. I'm sorry. Like I tried watching the show. I do not get it. Ooh, I thank
1: goodness. I really I am not alone.
2: I Catherine O'Hara like give her just anything, oh, yeah. like give her a statue. Like she truly is, I think. Um a comedy icon and and someone who's like uh i've been watching since i was a kid and really really enjoy but the show as a whole is not a masterpiece i am so sorry to say i just i don't get it i really don't and i it it got a little smug for me
1: right right and i think you know maybe this is going out on a limb here but i feel like a lot of I mean, I only watched like a few episodes, but I feel there, there's this sort of heart to it that I think a lot of people really love about Ted Lasso as well. And given the time that we're in, people want some hope,
2: you know? Right, right.
1: And, uh, you know, a lot of people weren't like me where they projected their dad onto Ted Lasso. And I- sure hate, I hate that show. I love that. <laughs> And people are like, why? Like, so, <laughs> so many people in comedy, whose comedy I respect, they're like, it's the best. And I'm like, well, it's, it, you know, it, it's okay as a drama.
2: I just love the quote that came out today from uh, Jason Sudeikis, where he was talking about accepting the Golden Globe in a sweatshirt. And he said, I was neither high nor heartbroken. And you're like, <laughs> babe, come on. <laughs> he literally said like, this is like so crazy while he was getting the award. And I was like, you're you're both, bud, it's okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I was going to say, um, I am very late to everything. So actually during this pandemic, I did a bunch of TV watching that I hadn't right. done in a while. I mean, that, that was required of everyone that, okay. So for instance, I never, went past like season two of Breaking Bad, which I know is crazy. So I finished Breaking Bad. I never seen the Americans. So I watched all of the Americans. This feels like 10 years ago that I did this, but it was in fact like 2019. I'm so sorry, it was in fact 2020. Right. But uh, yeah, I I failed to um, watch anything that felt current because current felt too depressing.
1: Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't ever big into Grey's Anatomy, but I'm sure the. Uh,
2: oh, the- yeah. I mean, that was 2018 for me. I, I watched almost every season, I, almost almost every episode of Grey's Anatomy. But Grey's really tested me because yeah. they had a musical episode. And it was, <laughs> really? It was. Yeah, they had a musical episode where they were singing like Breathe by Anna Nalick and all this stuff. And I was like, OK if you guys are testing me to see if I will continue to watch this show after you do a musical episode, like you are right. I will, but I'm not happy about it. I don't respect it. I have been, and now it's just pure fucking soap opera, like multiple plane crashes, multiple fires, multiple floods. I'm like, this hospital (laughs) is biblical. Everyone's (laughs) like, there's been every kind of couple mashup in the world. I'm like, we need to really, um, keep going you guys yeah that's
1: where you know the brits have an argument for like two seasons
2: oh yeah big big into two seasons but i'm also okay so my other opinion is that i think shonda Rhimes is a genius Mm -hmm. and i don't think that she has gotten the credit as her peers because she's so commercially successful and critical and commercial success you know only overlaps once in a while or it doesn't do so frequently. So I feel like she definitely deserves recognition. I believe the first couple of seasons of Grey's Anatomy is right. just good television. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, now it's uh now it's not so.
1: Yeah, jump it it jumped several sharks or what what is there a new thing we can say besides jumping the shark? Jumping the shark? If-
2: I would say it's um it's become a Marvel universe. Right. So, we have to at least acknowledge that this is not grounded in reality and stop trying to make it. It's more like a video game than it is a TV show,
1: right? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um. Well, in any case, the Emmys <laughs> like they did some good stuff, but uh, fell short of the mark yet again. Um, I mean, they're
2: one of my favorite awards shows because I'm just so into I love that comedy writers get the mic. It's like I yeah. love the WGA Awards. Like you get some of the funniest speeches, I think. Right, right. But um, yeah.
1: Yeah, and some of the t- awards that get put in the creative arts or technical don't, they should actually be in the telecast. And
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I'm so sorry to say that like some things are boring and only interesting to those who are involved in the field. Right. I'm like, I wanna see a shiny actor cry, okay? okay? <laughs> I want to see everyone try to pretend to be happy for their peers when they're right, not.
1: Right. Right. Or are you? Do you? What's your stance on the political grandstanding? Like somebody like wants to bring an issue while they in their acceptance speech.
2: Yeah, make it short and sweet. I mean, and by the way, okay, this is actually what I do believe. Go after Amazon. Yeah. Go after Amazon. Name check Jeff Bezos. Name check. Right. Say like, why are you going to space? You could solve climate change with uh, one of your weekly paychecks. Like. Yeah, Truly go after him. Yeah. And I just and go after him for not providing health care for his employees. Like I'm like, come on, Miss Maisel. Or, you know, if right. anyone wins, I do think they're obligated to do that. Like their paycheck mm-hmm. comes from the exploitation of like workers. So they Absolutely. need to at least say something. They'll be totally fine. Amazon, you know, if you, if you're, I mean, to get really deep, if your art is rooted in your humanity, like you can't, be winning awards without acknowledging like some true crimes against humanity that your company yeah. is doing. So yeah. I think that's weird. I think that is like a weird like because I, I you know I like Rachel Brosnahan going up there and telling everyone to vote. It's like great, no one's going to listen to you. I'm sorry. Like no. No, people tell people to vote all the time. Like people are working. They don't have time to vote, you know.
1: Oh, because we keep it on a Tuesday for some goddamn reason.
2: There's so many reasons why. I remember I was in Savannah, Georgia, um, before uh, the Stacey Abrams election for governor. Mm -hmm. And I was in a Lyft and I was talking to my Lyft driver and I was like, oh, like, have you heard about this Stacey Abrams running? Are you going to vote for her? And she was like, I don't have time to vote. And I was like, right, like you're a Lyft driver. She had four kids. Like, where is she going to find time to vote? She doesn't get the holiday off. Like, right, right. I was, just, and so yeah, I'm like, the Rachel Brosnahan and the world aren't going to convince these people to vote, but they can at least yell at their boss, yeah, and say like, pay your um, employees right on election day. Yeah. So I think that's kind of weird. I, I think that it, it acts like a little helpless. Right. But. I don't know. I mean,
1: I'm all for that, especially Bezos's fortune got a big bump. I to can't
2: even. $412 I can't even. I'm just glad his ex wife is so cool and is giving all of her money away. She'll still yeah. be completely fine. She'll still oh, be yeah. super happy and rich her whole life. And now she's just cooler because she's actually a philanthropist
1: and married While to he, a teacher.
2: <laughs> he's giving away his, like, I don't even know, a parking ticket amount of money. It's so yeah. weird. It's so weird.
1: It's beyond weird when he could.
2: Your employees are openly peeing in their cars and like even shitting in their cars sometimes. Like give them $50 an hour. You will not, your lifestyle will not change. You will still be able to go to outer space if that is going to be a hobby of yours for some reason.
1: Also, this might be a controversial take, uh, Carolina, but you don't don't need two-day shipping. You want it, but you don't need it.
2: Unless you have a disability, Mm -hmm. you do not need two-day shipping. Unless you are on a work deadline that infects your employment, you do not need two-day shipping. No, you don't. You don't, it's creepy. It's weird that I order a rare book and then it shows up that same week. Right. That is strange.
1: Yeah. I I have not used Amazon for to buy anything for years.
2: Okay. Well, that is really impressive. And I cannot say the same for myself, unfortunately.
1: Um, that's okay i understand why people do it. it is it is hard to argue with that convenience but i i've just like i'm like really living by the ethos of not needing two days shipping. It's, no
2: that it is very it's human you're being very human yeah. and when i say human i don't mean flawed i mean you're you're um like i said you're actually working to be in touch with your humanity instead of just numbly going through this pandemic which is hard
1: it was very hard. I mean, sort of like you, I kept a routine, but I had to keep it in very like, like intense set routine to get through me through the day. And it didn't make me feel any better for a long time. It just like, if I didn't do any of it, I'd feel worse.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. I, I Well. I, there, there are days that I lost, you know, when you're in your pajamas until the sun sets and you're like, that's, this was a day in my life that
1: Th- that was what I want to ask you at the top. So you're sleeping. So, did you sleep like a lot? Because I did not.
2: So I just had hand surgery.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. Um,
2: I'm going to show you my cast. Right. So Jeez, I... Big, big cast. Big cast. So I um, have been... Uh sort of milking it mm. and uh just letting myself rest as much as I want, right sort of eating what I want, you know, I was working out a lot before uh mm. I got surgery, sort right. of stopped doing that, you know, when you're like I'm kind of okay with the fact that I can't do this right um yeah i, I it's gotten it's been kind of nice, cool, so. I-
1: that I wish I could get that. I've been sleeping on average three to four hours.
2: What? Time. Yeah. No.
1: And I'm not trying and I'm not tired, but that's just. So what,
2: why is that happening?
1: Uh, I feel like it's just sort of like maybe I have this now deep embedded anxiety from going through my first breakup of my whole life. Okay. Almost yeah. dying from appendicitis in October. <gasps> yeah. That okay. happens. And, I almost
2: died once too. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of you. Thank
1: you. Uh, it's very
2: scary to almost go to the other side.
1: Yeah. And, and during this, like I went to the yeah. ER and it was surreal. Cause it was empty and I'm like, Oh, I know why. Yeah. That is yeah. really scary. That, I... For a long time. The only people I could physically see were my roommate who like, well, we were like kind of, you know, um, I wasn't, like we didn't know each other before we moved in and like, oh wow okay production so it was a and, yeah, yeah it was and you know we didn't really spend that much time together because and that worked a lot because she would work production and i did comedy at night right but all of that went away and that was rough um
2: that is really rough
1: and, and then there's parents, many elements of that, that are rough. parents who only voted they voted for trump twice
2: your parents voted for trump twice yeah yeah
1: those are the i only mean see for a while
2: What are we going to do? I think that that all sounds extremely difficult and I can't imagine doing it, but what I will say, and I don't know how you feel, but just saying in terms of your appendicitis, I know from going through physical pain and nearly dying, pain becomes very relative. Yeah. So I, when I, you know, breakups usually knock me on my ass. Like I literally yeah, they, they used to be the most painful thing I'd ever gone through. Mm -hmm. And then after nearly dying, when I got dumped during the pandemic, I was like surprising myself by being like, okay, well, what am I going to do about it? You know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was uh, working on a show uh, with a network and I, I, you know, they gave me up an initial pass and I was like, all right, like, what am I gonna? You know, I'm still happy to be here. Um, <laughs> I did like a part of my coping mechanism, and I would love to hear about yours. Was I got dumped a month before my 30th birthday? Mm-hmm. It was right, you know, it was March 22nd. So LA had just shut down, right? And so all of a sudden, after having sort of this like plan in my head about what my life was gonna look like, it sort of imploded. And so when I saw that cute dog, I had two dogs already for emotional support. After I saw that cute third dog, I was like, fuck it. Come to my house. <laughs> and now I have fully three. I have like a puppy daycare at my house every day. Right. I'm just figuring out how to get three puppies tired every day. Yeah. And It's very it's a joy. It's a very good coping mechanism. If you have time and energy, I would highly recommend it. Right. But um, you need a lot of time and energy for three dogs. I, my family. So it's a lot easier. But um, yeah. What did you find that actually helped during this period?
1: Well, it was, I I mean, truthfully, I had to just take it a day at a time for a a long time because um, it was so miserable. Like, you know, my, I mean, it is like what I do and it is my career, but like what my forms of self-care were all like health hazards like going to comedy shows, being with right. people, even like, I love dancing. I would go dancing. Oh my constantly.
2: God, I miss dancing.
1: And I'm like, it's just a bet. And I am through and through an extrovert and I don't care how many long reads tell me, like, you got to find your inner introvert and just like find it within yourself to f- get joy while stuck inside. And I'm like, that's not helping.
2: That's not going to happen. Yeah.
1: No. And I mean, you know, it it's, it's, <laughs> Like a terrible situation to like go through a breakup in a pandemic where you're just stuck inside and you think about it all the time. But yeah. like definitely the first one is like I was just thinking about it, that all the time. So I mean, really, oh it was first just...
2: first cut is the deepest, as you said.
1: Hmm. I I just like you know I worked out every day. I cooked yeah. at least one meal a day. I Smart. like was maintaining my the website, the Comedy Bureau. Yeah. The whole time. I you know binge watch a lot of TV. There was like hobbies mm-hmm. that I let go uh, because of comedy that I got back into, like origami and poetry mm-hmm. and playing guitar and all that sort of thing. Um, and I started like decorating my apartment more. Um, mm-hmm. I got a bonsai tree and like love,
2: yeah, love, yeah,
1: yeah. And you become printing. sort of
2: a middle-aged divorcee and you kind of like
1: it. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, mean,
2: sure, I'll read a self-help book. Fuck it.
1: It's funny that you should say that because one of my favorite drinks is um Sherry on the Rocks. Interesting. Yeah, it's a dessert wine. And yeah. uh, I told that to my good friend James Austin Johnson. He's like, What are 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 you a divorcee? Like what from
2: the 1930s?
1: Yeah. Who that's so like, funny. Yeah, you are just like walking around in a in a robe and <laughs> never seen the light of day.
2: Love, 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 love. I have to recommend a self-help book just because I just mentioned it. And I think sure. that it is the book to read if mm-hmm. you are at all going through anything romantically hard, whether it's you want to meet someone, right. whether it's you have bad luck in relationships, whether it's you're breaking up with someone you've just been broken up with, whatever. It's called right. Attached mm-hmm. and it's all about attachment um, styles. styles. I am, for instance, I am an insecure attach. So that means that like I become obsessed with whoever I'm dating. Um, I tend to believe it's by Amir Levine and Rachel SF Heller. I tend to believe that whoever I'm with is like better than me and I'm lucky to be with them. And um, if they don't text me, I tend to believe that they are falling in love with someone else or going to break up with me. Anyway, I become very consumed. And one of the things I have a screenshot of my phone that they recommend for insecure attached people is to be reminded that there are many people who are a potential match. So they try to eliminate the idea that this is like my one soulmate, which is what I tend to believe when I like first like fall in love with someone. Right. And that's very helpful. I think it's like the most helpful book I've ever read about relationships.
1: Yeah. Attached. I've heard about attached styles attached yeah i'll 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 get into that i mean oh yeah it's
2: a one day read once you get into it and you start recognizing yourself and either you might be a secure in which case like congratulations to you and i like am very jealous
1: well what are the characteristics of a secure
2: um a secure A a person with a secure attachment style. Basically, if you get broken up with you, consider it to be a relationship that didn't work out and it does not impact your idea of self or your self-esteem. Right. Um, An avoidant, a a person with um, an avoidant attachment style is someone who consistently pushes someone away from them. Right. So insecure people usually fall in love with avoidance and avoidance usually fall in with insecure people because avoidance need insecure people to like right. keep the relationship going. Because if an avoidant meets a secure person, right. the secure person is like, you're not calling me. That has to do with you. Right. I am not going to be in a relationship where the person doesn't show up for me. Bye. Right. But if an avoidant finds an insecure person, the insecure person is even more attracted because they're like, you're so much better than me. That's why you're pushing me away. Right. I need to show up even more. I need to become even more of a, a better partner. Mm-hmm. all of this weird stuff. So it was very helpful to me because I always have that line of thinking when I'm dating someone where I'm like, Oh my God, but they're the best. And I'm the worst. When are they going to realize it and dump me? And it was, yeah, I, once I read that book, I was like, maybe this is not normal way to think and <laughs> it's actually very harmful. Right. And my new thing is that when someone breaks up with me or isn't into me, I consider it a red flag. Which yeah. sounds, I'm like, you know what? It's a red flag. Like, he is not calling me. That's the red flag. Instead right. of being like, because I fucking suck, I'm like, okay, he dumped me. Like, that is a red flag. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I can no longer be with him
1: right, because right, right. he doesn't
2: like me. Instead right. of being like, that makes me want someone more, I'm like, ew, no. Like, right. why would I want someone who doesn't want to spend time with me? Like, absolutely. I'm the best.
1: Absolutely. So
2: that's been very helpful. But
1: do you know Emily Heller?
2: I know of her, yes. I she do had, not, I'm not friends with her.
1: She's so so funny. Uh, she's the best.
2: She's super funny.
1: Uh, Emily has a joke about like like yeah, I know people like um they, they want to have like uh, amicable breakups and stuff or remain friends with their exes, but um yeah, if uh we are dating and we have sex and then we break up like uh I want all of your stuff to burn
2: (laughs) i don't want there to be any
1: trade you know my darkest secrets
2: yeah i have to say that like i have the last two exes i have i'm on good terms with right which is like weird Mm -hmm. um i don't necessarily want to be their girlfriend anymore but i'm on really good terms with them which i think is like wild because my exes before that it was definitely cuckoo town. Like I went to the dark place and, um, really went a loco. So I definitely don't want to, I don't know. I, I, the, I, I had very amicable breakups, my last two breakups. So I do believe it can happen, but I don't think you can become best friends again. Like, I'd like to believe that. And I hope that's the case. And what I'm, you know, especially my breakup, my boyfriend from like, God, eight years ago, when I see him, like, it's like, Oh my God, hi, because we were actually children when we dated. Right. But um, it always takes a second. It's weird. You can't help but be hurt a little bit when you go through a breakup. Oh, because it's like, yeah, I've showed you all of me. And you are still like, not fully sold or or like, I broke up with you, but you don't want to get back together. Like, it's still it's just weird.
1: I want to talk, I think it's a perfect point to segue into true romance. And then, yes. uh, and then, you know what? I'll walk you through sort of the major points of my breakup. And uh, I
2: love, 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 love.
1: Yeah. Cause it, they, it's red flag city. For I sure. can't wait. But like when you love somebody and they love you, like yeah. you don't care.
2: You truly don't. And my friend put it great when she said, when you're wearing rose colored glasses, everything looks rosy.
1: Yeah. So including red flags.
2: Including red you cannot see red flags because they look like dreamy and romantic. Um, so True Romance was a podcast that I started. I was doing the Ron Burgundy podcast with my mm-hmm. boss Will Farrell, which was a true joy. Right. And um, iHeart basically asked if I wanted to do my own podcast, and I would wanted to, of course. I was so mm-hmm. excited to. And basically, I've always been obsessed with people's relationships. So right. I will get caught up talking to strangers at a bar about their abusive relationship from 10 years ago. I the first thing I ask married couples is how they met, how they proposed. Um, I also love from afar talking shit about people's relationships and analyzing if they should be together. If the guy is nice to her, if the girl is crazy, right. um, I love like big princess gown weddings because they're so cuckoo to me. Like I sure. love when like a bride spends 30 grand on a dress, but like doesn't own a home. I'm like, <laughs> this is wild. Right. 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 This is wild. Right. What is this industry? I. Um, love like Instagram relationships. Even when I was in middle school, I loved MySpace relationships. I would stock couples on MySpace. So I'm just um, sort of a modern day voyeur. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm specifically focused on people's relationships, whether they be so romantic that I can't look away or whether they be so ostentatious I can't look away. And my best friend, Devin Leary Mm -hmm. is my sort of, uh, She co-signs all of my bullshit and I (laughs) do so for her. So we both, you know, we are, and it's really all we like to talk about. Like the other night we had to record a true romance episode, but we were getting caught up talking about why Justin Throw and Jennifer Aniston broke up. Like mm-hmm. we're like okay, but I have one more point to make, and right. you know they are friends. They're too close of friends now. So what happened that they can be such good friends and spend the holidays together, even though they right. got a divorce very recently? Right. Who is he dating now? What kind of woman would he date? Do I have a chance? Etc. <laughs> and Devin and I, gosh, uh, back in early March, mm-hmm. we're pitching it to iHeart. You know the guys over there are so cool right. and our thesis was that we were two crazy girls who had been in not-so relationships in our early 20s. -hmm. I mean, relationships where you scream in the middle of the street in your pajamas at like 2 a.m. outside of your apartment. Right. Uh, You know, relationships- Stuff that you
1: would see in a TV show and you'd be like,
0: that's not real
2: yes stuff that's very um hectic where you show up as i would say your worst self where all of a sudden you're like this is bad i cannot be foam bombing this person with every insult i can think about them right and then through transformation our arc went to where we were in really healthy relationships in our late 20s you know my last relationship lasted uh for about three years it was so much fun we were such good friends And uh, Devin is in one, two, that's like super great. And so our our sort of argument to iHeart was like, don't you wanna hear how two fucking crazy people who are attracted to the absolute nightmare guys are now super healthy and in beautiful relationships? And iHeart was like, yes. And a week before we recorded our pilot episode, I did in fact get dumped. Um, during the beginning of LA's oh, no. lockdown. So I was like, what? but as Devin put it, she was like, I was half sad for you and half like, this is gonna be good material. So it <laughs> sort of became a different show, which was that, oh my God, I'm turning 30. You know, don't get me wrong. I understand that's still very young and that, you know, my life isn't over. But it was very much like, how do I find another relationship? What happens when your plans fall through, basically, which I think is one of the hardest things about breakups is that we have this blueprint in our heads of how our future is gonna look with this person. And all of a sudden we're like, wait, what? I thought we were gonna adopt together. Now I have to like meet someone else. What if they wanna have kids naturally? Do I wanna do that? You know, you just sort of have to rethink all of your plans Right. Um, That you were unconsciously or, you know, in fact, consciously making. Mm -hmm. So it is so much fun. And we talk to everything we I'm sorry, we talk to everyone. We've talked to multiple call girls about, um, you know, the sex industry and how that affects relationships. We've talked about attachment styles. We've talked to therapists. We've talked to divorce attorneys who gave right. us really good advice specifically. <laughs> why do you want the state government involved in your relationship? Right. Um, please sign a prenup, everyone out there. Uh, oh, yeah we've you know talked to actors open, open
1: relationships that was your last episode that's right
2: open relationships yeah is that actually something that works and why am i judging it when in fact i just can't be in one because like i said i'm insecure attached and right when my boyfriend's talking to another girl at a party i assume it's because i'm ugly and he wants to leave me um
1: one point about but, that though okay I? Yes. Okay, i will say i think You know, with honesty and rules as you laid out, like open relationships can work. But I, what I don't like from people that are ethically non monogamous or polyamorous is this idea that like they're better than people who are monogamous and like you're just they do
2: have an air of I'm more evolved than you. No, you're not Uh, exactly. I don't think they are, but I also. I am impressed. I'll say that. I don't know. I'm impressed by the ability to, and I don't know this firsthand, obviously, but if you are truly able to have multiple partners, um, be able to show up for each relationship in a way that makes people feel taken care of and safe. And, um, there aren't weekly fights where you're, burst into tears and wonder what you're doing with your life, then I'm impressed. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know a lot of monogamous relationships that are unhappy that the oh, same sure. thing sort of happens with, but I, yeah, I I don't know if that's maturity. I don't know if that's detachment. I don't really know what it is, but I definitely, I've stopped thinking I know any answers about this stuff. And I'm, the only thing I can think is that I, I can no longer let relationships take up my whole life. Right. And that's sort of, why i always think of like non-monogamy as just harder cuz i'm like wait i already have trouble like making not making someone my whole life like i don't know how to make not two people my whole life so <laughs> i i'm impressed i'm in, i'm impressed i'm fascinated i don't know how people do it um but tell me about your breakup
1: okay so it it was my ex is both the best thing to happen to me in my life sure. and Arguably the worst.
2: Sure.
1: I was also on a dating podcast. Why won't you date me with Nicole Byer?
2: Oh, love, love, love.
1: It's a fun app because yeah. I, I, at the time I was 32, I mm-hmm. not dated anybody. I had mm-hmm. not had sex. Mm-hmm. I hadn't made out with anyone. Yeah. And like, I'm a very outgoing person, charming, mm-hmm. like, and you know, I, I dress pretty snazzy. I mm-hmm. like to dance. Like it doesn't really read. As like someone who's thirty two and hasn't had sex, right? Yeah, um, and so that was like a, a like oh let's talk to Jake, mm-hmm. um, and I had a like I've been on dates before, but I haven't been on like a second date. Okay, you may I've been like maybe on three second dates, and I hated online dating. Mm-hmm. Um, through comedy shows, I got like ma- like set up with matchmakers that didn't work out. Okay, yeah. And then uh but I had a feeling like all right, if this episode goes good, I bet like some people mm-hmm. will DM me. Yeah. Um the first five people to DM me were dudes, even though I said I was mostly into women, but you know, sure. gay guys are still guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is true. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, they don't care. They they're like, You're so cute though. And I'm right like, I it, flattered, but no. And then this one girl DM me that she loved that I had, uh, over 80 pairs of shoes and she would love to coordinate outfits with me and hope love
2: I, great uh, line.
1: Yeah. And signed off wacky hair colors. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And I yeah. saw she's an artist. She mm-hmm. has like a cool sense of style, which is very important to me. Mm-hmm. And then we started DMing back and forth and it expanded into like, just like these big paragraphs every day.
2: Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. And then I, you know, not too long after that, I just like asked for her number. Mm-hmm. And um, it's important to you know on the podcast, like uh, Nicole asked everybody, would you date me? Um, and I said, no, because mm-hmm. Nicole has a very high sex drive and I don't. Okay. I'm one of those demisexual people. Have you ever heard, heard of that?
2: I haven't. Well, I just started hearing about it, but I don't really know what it is.
1: So demisexual falls under the umbrella of asexuality. Um, okay. And often gets sort of confused with sapiosexual. Sapiosexual is sexuality uh, that's sort of expressed through uh, attraction via intelligence. Okay. But uh, demisexuality is, uh, you know, your sexuality is based on deep emotional connection. Okay. And like, for me that manifests in like, I just need to be deeply emotionally connected Involved, to someone yeah. in love with someone. One night stands don't work yeah. often when I've been at parties, like uh, if there's someone I find attractive, because I still have preferences um, yeah. and they say something stupid or a bad taste mm-hmm. in music. I'm like, thank goodness. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, but like, you know i i uh so my sex life is sex drive is very low and then okay. um uh, i also um yeah that i mean that's i don't think that would really work out cuz nicole is really horny as she it's right. on the podcast a lot Yeah, I should should
2: for it about that yeah
1: so when i asked this girl for her number I, she was like, I'll give it to you, but I just want to let you know that I think, and it's really been uh, great getting to know you, but I I just want to say that in my heart of hearts, I don't know if it'll work out because I'm non-monogamous. Okay. And and I have a really high sex drive. Oh, got it. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and (laughs) that included this uh, GIF of Jenny uh, of Forrest Gump looking at Jenny's grave for some reason, which I know <laughs> that's funny. funny. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, you know, life is inherently cruel and lonely. I'm fine with being friends. I think we have a great connection, right? And the thing was, the texting evolved into calling and Facetiming and sending gifts of and making course. playlists for each other. And it was like, I'm fine with being friends, but this doesn't seem friendly.
2: This is not friendly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's... and it, and I was right because she wanted more. Right. And like you know, I was still attracted to her and it, it just kind of like went, you know, once we, I sort of called it out. I think it was on one FaceTime call where I just said, you know, I really like it when you um, say, tell me, cause I would, I, she would sometimes interrupt and then she would stop and she would tell me. And I was, I just felt, so seen just with that little right
2: girl. right yeah
1: and she thought that was so hot
2: <laughs> that's so cute yeah
1: yeah and then uh I, it came to the point where like i would go to i'd like skip going to comedy shows which i never do okay because we we're having phone sex and stuff like oh, that. oh
2: of course yeah
1: right but we were so she, your
2: sex drive sort of heightened with this because
1: relationship of yeah the connection and yeah he, we're also long distance because she lives on the other side of the country
2: Oh wow. Okay.
1: Right. So there's that to deal with, but like, yeah. we had sort of joked about meeting up. Um, cause she goes to San Francisco sometimes. Um, and we were for, to see her mom. Um, and then on Chris, like she told me probably uh, three weeks before that on Christmas, 2019, she was going to fly out to see me. And, okay. uh, that was going to be our first weekend together. Mm-hmm. And it was, I picked her up from LAX at probably like 4 a.m. Oh my God. Yeah. And like, it's, it was, we, it was so late that only swingers was open. Oh,
2: Uh, I love swingers though. Yeah.
1: And we, we, you know. It's a sweet
2: spot for like a first in person date.
1: Yeah. And uh, I mean, we didn't even get like a full date. We just shared a bag of fries and we were so so excited. We didn't even know what to say because it was really late, but we're going to spend the whole next day uh, together. Mm -hmm. And like. In the next probably 54 hours I like held hands with somebody for the first time I made out with somebody for the first time I had sex for the first time I met somebody's mom for the first time this like is so wild fooled around in a car for the first time
2: right
1: like they had the whole little speech of like I love you at the airport
2: right right Wow so it was like a montage
1: it was a montage like the like most people go do all of that in like uh, probably five to ten years. Yeah. I did that in just like, like less than three days.
2: Yeah.
1: And it was intense, but it was so, so great. Right. And like, we were really in it and like, we kept talking and texting and um, even though she had to go back home and then we were on the schedule of like, we we're going to try to meet somewhere once a month. And so okay. uh, we, the a few days before Valentine's day, 2020, we met up in San Francisco uh, for a weekend. And, you know, we had great times, but there was some family drama that she had to deal with, which, you know, unfortunately kind of made things a little chaotic. And then that me dropping her off the airport wasn't, it was so the opposite of the last time because like, I couldn't even find a place to park. There was a guy yelling at me, like, you got to move. Oh, you got to move.
2: God. Yeah.
1: She, we barely got to kiss goodbye. And then I was like, she was like, call me after security. Cause she had just told me, as I was dropping her off, like, yeah, this been, weekend's been really weird. And I, you know, uh, I don't know if I want to like be in a relationship and it's not your fault. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, that's okay. And, you know, but then I'm just sort of left with that. And, um, you know, like the thing is she said that we, she didn't want to be in a relationship, but it didn't seem like anything changed. We'd still talk all the time. We'd text all the time. Right. And as you would later find out, she just didn't want to stop talking to me even though she doesn't know what she.
2: That's really hard. That's like, I, I, and I'm not saying this is an insult to her at all, but I think like we can be inherently selfish without realizing it. Right. You know, like, especially in relationships, like, you can want comfort and like the familiarity of someone, even though, you know, that like what you want doesn't align.
1: Right. Yeah. So
2: I understand that's really, I, I kind of hate that, even though I i am sure we've all been guilty at it with some points.
1: Right. I just, I'm wish sure you, you just...
2: have without knowing it before.
1: Probably. Yeah. I, I wish she just communicated it which she did not. So yeah. I'm, that... I mean,
2: to give her credit, I'm sure that it was confusing to her as well.
1: Right. Which uh, is hard,
2: which is hard because it doesn't mean that it's not any less painful for you.
1: No, no, no. You know? So that was like February. And as we're like getting into the thick of the pandemic, like she would just ask for more space. And of course I would totally respect that, but right. the thing was she never defined what that was. And like, right, I, I would get yelled at when i bumped into the wall where the space ended and i'm like right. okay
2: okay but well, i don't understand that. i
1: don't you didn't t- you didn't tell me you said things right. were fine but of course it didn't matter what amount of space uh, i gave her like things were not you know not going well and i wanted to give benefit of the doubt because of the pandemic happening that like you know this is a crazy time we're going all through you know she just needs space and that's fine but like that also, I mean, you know, I I feel like I wanted my favorite person in the world to talk to me, you know?
2: Yeah, totally. I also think space is like, I think like boundaries need to be clear because no matter what things will get hurt. And I think again, like when you're asking for space, it means like, I can't say goodbye, but maybe I need to.
1: Right. So um, this all sort of comes to a head where we're talking way less and, um, you know, texting way less. And around June, you know, when all the protests started, I just texted her, I went to one and Nicole Byer happened to be there. And uh, and then I watched this, like, webinar that Angela Davis was on. She loves Angela Davis. I just mm-hmm. mentioned, like, I think on a Monday, like, hey, went to the, this protest with Nicole. She's great. Um, and because, you know, we both met because of her. And then, like, you look, I, I just thought of you when I was watching this webinar. And then she sent me this, like, oh, I'm frozen, aren't I?
2: You are frozen, but I'm listening. Okay,
1: Well... This, this essay, It's literally like an essay that's like okay. 400 words long in a text message. It says like, you need to do better. You don't like uh, raise enough uh, brown and black voices in comedy. And then oh, no. you put me on a pedestal and yada, oh, no. yada. It goes on and on and on and on. And there was this weird thing of like, objectively, I know that a lot of this isn't true. And she's just yelling at everybody and not me specifically. Right. But, uh, it still hurt.
2: That's really hard.
1: Yeah, and, like, that was the last... I sent, like, a sort of knee-jerk, sort of apologetic text message. Okay. And then for the next five weeks, I drafted this letter by hand of what I really wanted to say, where she, like, didn't tell... I was, like, I, I, you know, knew that there was something weird, but I didn't want to bring it up because, like, I value, like, our connection, and I didn't want to lose you, but um, I wish you had told me how you're feeling. Right. Cause I would have always heard you out and like, you know, I wish you really wouldn't <laughs> put me with all the, all these other guys where, I mean, she, she has a lot of trauma. She hasn't resolved. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, uh, sent that letter and I knew she got it because I had USPS track it. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't hear from her, um, until march 31st 2021 Mm -hmm. um i try i very much did not reach out to her i wanted to respect her wishes and even when it was her birthday i went through this whole 24-hour nightmare of like do i wish her a happy birthday do i not Mm -hmm. and there were friends who were like don't or friends who were like yeah um i didn't because I said what I wanted to say in that letter. And if she could not right. respond to that, then she doesn't deserve a happy birthday. As much as I wanted to say happy birthday to her.
2: It's also just respecting boundaries. It sounds like you were just respecting her boundaries as confusing as they may have been at times.
1: Right. I will say, I when I recovered from, from appendicitis, I did call her, because I'm like, I almost died and I wanted
2: yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, I get that.
1: Yeah. So out of nowhere, she calls at the end of March 31st or the end of March and she apologizes. Wow. And she explains her side as you know, crazy as it is. And I mean, essentially she's like, I didn't have the words. I was kind of feeling sort of these feelings, but I didn't have the words. Um, but you know, I always I still just wanted to talk to you and but I just didn't know how to go about it. And um I'm sorry.
2: I think that's really cool of her.
1: Yeah. She still did mention how like uh, that I'm coming from privilege that I don't recognize and yada yada yada. And then here's a here's a fun thing to sink your teeth into Carolina. She mentioned relationship anarchy. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. She's like it's it sounds pretentious as all hell because it is, but you know, just think about this. Capitalism has all of us under its like, you know, grubby giant sure. um and uh, why do we need to have these expectations and labels for the way that we love people that just upholds capitalism and uh, is just suffocating us all. And, um, you know, you're the, your eyes rolling don't make a sound, but if they did, I, they would be
0: <laughs> like the
1: sound of a jet engine. Cause right. like, you know, the reason why people have labels and stuff like that, boundaries right to protect ourselves yeah because if you just free will love people you're gonna hurt somebody
2: yeah i mean it just sounds like incompatible i mean i know there's people i've heard like arguments against weddings and marriage because of capitalism Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and i've kind of been like yeah i'm sure you have a point I don't think I'd want to get married to you. If you believe
0: that, (laughs) you know,
2: like, I'm like, I kind of want to get married. I kind of want a partnership and I understand the arguments against it. I understand that whatever 80, 90% of marriages end in divorce. I understand all of that. I like, it's the same with, I don't want to be with someone who's going to break up with me. I don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to get married or doesn't believe in long-term partnership. And, and if you don't, then that's totally fine. Like we, we shouldn't date. I mean, um, I feel too uninformed to have an opinion on that, and right. I feel like, especially being white and cisgendered, and you know, I I feel like my opinion, you know, doesn't hold a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. But I do know um, that someone who is non-monogamous and committed to that, like, won't enjoy being in a relationship with me because I'll call them crying all the time. Right. You know. And that I would be very hurt if my partner decided not to be monogamous to me. And so sometimes I have to like taking it a day at a time. Like you said, I have to keep things that simple. Like, oh, this person doesn't want to be with me. Hmm. And that is the short form essay. You know, (laughs)
0: Like,
2: um, there's plenty of reasons why a relationship didn't work out. I can wrestle with those. I can untangle those. I can have fake arguments with people in my head. But if you believe that my way of having a relationship isn't healthy, then we can only talk about that so much. Right. But I'm sorry. That sounds really confusing. Yeah. And was your partner black?
1: No, she was uh half Salvadorian halfway.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Um, And, you know, we actually parsed that out and I think, I think the core problem is, is that I kind of know what I want and she doesn't. Yeah. And, like you know she had been a serial monogamous but now it was like trying non-monogamy or like she didn't even like the label of that she just didn't want any labels at all which to me is just like well there's all this trauma and bad relationships you've been through and it feels like you haven't really processed that and now I'm getting taken right. that's all being taken out on me and that I just look I don't think I'm trying to put you in a box by trying to understand you Right. Want to understand you so I can connect with you deeper. And like, you can add as many labels or adjectives or whatever to it as much as you want. And I even told her when, you know, because I remain with like, I pretty much would just want to be monogamous, but I told her that her non-monogamy isn't about me. It's about her finding her joy and her happiness. And I want that for her. So right. I'm okay with her sleeping with other people as long as she's okay with me not sleeping with other people. Right. Which I know is weird and kind of made up, but like... I don't
2: know. If it works, it works. There's it was it was working, but like,
1: I feel like I was more down for the long distance, the everything. Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, long distance is its own mm-hmm. hell for some people. Right. I did not have a good time with long distance. I cannot do it. And... I can do it for short periods of time, but right. I'm not going to be happy in that long term.
1: Yeah. Um, but that's but the thing.
2: It's like knowing what you want, knowing where you're happy. And right. that means sometimes saying goodbye, which is really painful.
1: It is really painful. And so we actually had a, after we cleared the air, we, we, that phone call lasted like five and a half hours. Oh God. Yeah. It was great. It was like, we picked up right where we left off. Okay. And, uh, you know, it was really good. T- I mean, it could have gone longer, but actually I had ordered food that um, the restaurant was about to close. So, like, <laughs> so you're I'm-
2: like, I'm hungry. I haven't had any water. Yeah. Um, so where do you guys stand now?
1: Well, I told her, it, you know, in that call, like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like we're going to engage going forward, but I, right. I, I value our time so much together. And I feel like I found a lot of the best parts of myself in our time together so if there is ever a time and i'm not saying there has to be but where you change your mind i'll be around Mm -hmm. and then she said that's so sweet by the way
2: derek says that to meredith
1: oh wow episode of Grey's anatomy how about that did it work out
2: i mean yeah they definitely fell in love they had a family um he did uh die in um a multiple car accidents in one day Uh, so um look out but
1: uh i feel like the if there is to be other chapters, and I believe that we are, you don't talk to somebody for five and a half hours unless you really want to.
2: Listen, more will be revealed.
1: More will be revealed. My favorite
2: I... advice about relationships is if it's meant to be, I truly believe this. So mm-hmm. you can please knock it if you'd like. But if it's meant to be, there's nothing you can do wrong. If it's not meant to be, there's nothing you can do. Right. I've seen people try to manage mm-hmm. relationships for years that are not going to work. And I've seen right. people you know yell at their boyfriends send their boyfriends away and say i never want to see you again who have now are engaged because you know yeah it's very confusing but
1: she said she wanted to call me at the beginning of the year and then just kept putting it off and i have empathy for that i can understand that you like it must be tough to like pick up the phone and call me
0: no, right. one,
1: you're going to apologize. But she said like, I don't know if I could offer you the same because you're, you know, you're still coming from privilege or whatever. I'm like, great. Um,
2: Are um, you guys still following each other on social?
1: So that was the, one of the weirder things that I was wondering about throughout the lockdown is that she blocked me only from her stories okay. on her personal account, which is kept private for several months. And then eventually she stopped doing that. And then I wasn't allowed to see her private account at all. And again, she didn't tell me any, I don't know what any of that means. And I tried to very much not read into it, but like, I, you know, I'm very much a person who believes that chaos runs everything and only some things happen for a reason, but I, I don't, I'm not like closed off to the idea of synchronicities. So I was writing off the suggestion of somebody I just met uh, letters to her that I, w- I was never going to send her. And it was in this moleskin book that I was just had a few more pages left. And I f- unfollowed her. She has an artist account. I followed, unfollowed her artist account on one of my accounts. And the very next day I got that call. Interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <sighs> More will be revealed. More That's like the kind of cool thing.
1: I think- You will good. get more
2: information either way.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I feel like if it, we're fated, if fate's a thing to like live like a normal people relationship where they just right. come, yeah. come back every year or something.
2: Oh my God, after my breakup, someone was like, oh my gosh, have you watched this show, Normal People? It's so good. And I was like, there's <laughs> no worlds where I am emotionally prepared to watch that show. Right,
1: right, right. Right.
2: But I do think that's a way of making things work. And I, um, I recommend anyone and everyone reading the book attached. Yeah. It really
1: does help. Absolutely. I mean, there, I think she's still, she has a lot of growing up. She's like 27, and
2: I'm 33.
1: Okay. I think there's some growing up that needs to be done. I, Still love and miss her, yeah. Very of dearly. course, yeah. And um, but I'm not. I'm. I keep saying to myself, I'm not waiting around for her. I'm open to love. I deserve better, so on and so forth. But I don't know if I. That's like I'm really feeling that in my bones yet.
2: Listen, it. I. It takes me till I meet the next person to fully get over the person before. Right. I just don't. I you always have like a spot for that person that you used to be with.
1: Right.
2: So I don't know. Just be gentle with yourself, but also be open-minded. Yeah. You know? Be I open-minded. Know. I think with my first breakup, I thought I'm never going to feel the same. I'm never going to feel this way again about anyone. I was right. positive. Right. And that was not did not end up being the case. I did fall in love again multiple right. times. And I had, you know, for the most part, great relationships with every person after them. I've right. I mean, really like fun relationships where that I still have great memories of. Like I, you know, have great memories of my boyfriend from when I was 22. Like I was just thinking about him yesterday because I saw his roommate. Right. And I was like, Oh, like I have totally good memories of him. I want him to be super happy. Um, and I think that can happen. You can get to that point with people.
1: Right. I do too. Um, I I don't know what's going to happen. Um,
2: that's fine. That's a good yeah. place to be. Yeah. I think that that's a good place to be. And um, setting I, aside everything you think you know.
1: Yeah. I do think, you know, is it the feeling of like, how am I ever? I do believe I'll like fall in love again or, you know. Oh, yeah. But I do, it's like the two big things of compatibility. I mean, we're so comp- compatible on a lot of things, but like, yeah. how am I, where am I? I know, that I know, this, the, I know that a, feeling. Objectively not true. But where am I going to find another girl who like thinks astrology is bullshit and knows she doesn't want to have. Oh,
2: children? are you kidding me? no, you aren't going to find that. Please. I know the feeling I do where you're like, I'm never going to find someone who makes me laugh like this. I'm never going to find someone who gets me. Right. I promise you, you will.
1: Right. It just does seem like not only like it, I know everyone somewhat buys into astrology, which is crazy after all of this, like, I have.
2: absolutely do still buy into astrology and have multiple sites where I read my um, horoscope. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people who don't, who think that's crazy. And I also think
1: uh-huh.
2: that there's multiple other ways to be compatible with someone. So you oh, will find sure. someone who... You are, you will find someone who you're compatible with. I promise it is not, I hate the expression. Like there's so many fish in the sea. Cause I'm like, there's not really. Right. But, um, I, I think you allow time to take time. Right. And you find yourself where you never thought you would be, which is like, okay. And thinking about that person without any resentment, confusion, only like, oh, I hope they're great.
1: Yeah. I do hope they're great. I hope that she lives not through her rage, but through her love. Cause I think it was a really beautiful thing and, um, she shouldn't hide that from the world.
2: Yeah. I think so too.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my first breakup and it was again, the best thing in my life and also the worst.
2: Yeah. I mean, you will have a different perspective in six months you'll have a different perspective in year in five years you will have a wildly different perspective but it's okay that you don't yet yeah it just doesn't it just takes time
1: yeah but i do think we were truly we did truly love each other as some people yeah it sounds like you did i have a friend who's 70 she's like you guys didn't really love each other i'm like you're 70 though
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny
1: yeah Uh, I,
2: uh, yeah. I mean, people always say the wrong thing,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, I've written jokes about it and that's part of me processing it and, you know, we'll see where that leads.
2: We'll see where that leads, but,
1: um, um, I want to try to tie this back all the way into comedy. So somebody does a a podcast about relationships and love and dating and all that. What do you think? of comedians doing crowd work to couples in a way that possibly sows seeds of discord?
2: I love and both hate. I love uncomfortable things that I can't like look away from. Right. Um, but at the same time, it is truly um, horrifying to see people mortified. Like I both need to see people um, in their worst state because like I said, I am like a voyeur for people's discomfort and unhappiness. Sure. And at the same time, um, like I hate, I hate. Comedy should always come from an inclusive place, and
0: right.
2: we should always be punching up. Right. Um, and so when I see people embarrassed just to be embarrassed just for like shock jock stuff, it makes me kind of sick. Right. When I see like super bougie couples getting made fun of um, by like you know a Natasha Legero, I love it.
1: Right. But, I'm like, I, I do wonder sometimes, like, you know, ta- when you come to see Natasha, especially if you come to see Natasha and Moshe, there's a certain expectation. But if you're just at, like... Oh, com- like a
2: random bar?
1: A random bar, a comedy show, and, like, maybe you're not even together or, you know, it's up in the air. I feel like sometimes crowd work could really ruin things or make them weirder.
2: Uh, Yeah, I think that... um crowd work is inherently sp- specific by what they're actually saying and doing right so i can't say that there's a hard and fast rule <laughs> I do know that dates are also inherently painful and uncomfortable and embarrassing. So, if someone adds crowd work onto that, that is absolutely cruel. But I also would never go on a first date to a comedy show ever. Yeah.
1: It's a Unless bad, we were yeah. seeing
2: like Dave Chappelle in like a mm-hmm. 500 seat arena, I'm not seeing a comedy show at a bar.
1: Yeah. Don't. That's or even painful. I ended up, I what I thought was a date, but retroactively got made into a hang. Uh, I took this girl to one of her favorite comedians playing Largo and it just happened to be a Christmas show. And then she had such a great time. And then she walked out she's was like, you didn't tell me it was a Christmas show. You know, I'm Jewish, <laughs> right? and I'm like, that's really funny. I know. Not all Jews hate Christmas. I'm not going to assume that of you.
2: That's really funny.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great after that, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's where Um,
2: I'm so sorry. I have to run soon. I know. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, uh, hate to do it. It's only because I have another podcast that I have to hop on
1: great um great but this has been so fun i'm so glad to have you on uh is there anything else you want to mention about true romance or the Romberging podcast or anything else you're doing what else do you want to plug
2: um you can find true romance on the iHeartRadio radio app um apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts spotify etc we have new episodes every thursday um, we cover everything from lying to cheating to dating sober to online dating to mm-hmm. having every experience under the Tuscan sun to long distance chat roulette, mm-hmm. um, fuck boys and holiday rom-coms. We really just love everything from the Bravo universe um, yep. to you know the Sex and the City universe. Um, so catch us there. And um, thank you so much for having me.
1: Absolutely, and go read attached.
2: Go read attached, that's what I'm here to say.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I am Jay Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com. Uh, at the Comedy Bureau on socials, you can find me on Instagram at notthesupermarket, at Twitter, at MFJ Kroger. There are so many great causes to support at this time. I ask you to support those. But if you have money and generosity of over, please support the Comedy Bureau because it's been running uh, by my lonesome for over 10 years. Uh, so with that said, do you have anything to say as we sign off here?
2: Um, if you need a sign that you're going to get through today, this is it. You will get through today.
1: Hell yeah. Glad to be a service for everybody to get through till you have to go to sleep. Uh, comedy is still happening and you should support it. And as the great Brody Stevens would say. Enjoy it! <laughs> the Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kruger, music by Brian Corneo, artwork by Andrew Delman and KT, and part of the Believe Podcast family.